Hello everyone, this is Josh from the Wrestling with the Bullies podcast. I'm here to talk about Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And let me explain that it's free. There's creation tools that help you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. They go through Apple Podcasting and pretty much anywhere that sets up uh, podcasting for you. Also, you can make your money from your podcast too. Like, and it doesn't take that much at all for you to be able to do it too. So, it's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. If you guys are interested, just go to the app in the app, both the iOS and the Android store, or you could go to their website at Andrew, uh, anchor.fm. Thank you and have a good day. All right. Welcome to the Wrestling with the Billies podcast. Uh, this week, I'm joined with Jeremy. It seems like a recurring theme. I think it's just a me and you thing for all the AEW ones. But uh, we're going to be talking about Full Gear 2020. And this uh, this show was actually pretty good, uh, if I say so myself. Yeah, I would agree with that. I heard from a lot of people that they were uh, that they didn't enjoy um, the all out pay per view. So now it's like it seems like they kind of redeemed themselves, I guess, especially because of. I guess the Matt Hardy incident from All Out too. So, oh, with the concussion uh, thing, or where he he hit his yeah, where he hit his head, and then they kept going with the match. Really, that's the main thing, and that's what we'll talk about that a little bit when we discuss the Elite Deletion match. But I found out that uh, supposedly it was who was the opening match? I forgot who the opening match was for. Oh, yeah, Serena Deeb versus Allison K, which Allison K I knew from NWA uh, since they started doing it. She seems all right, though. I don't know where, where if she was doing mostly uh, indie dates or whatever beforehand. So, well, that was wrestling forward, show, wasn't it? But, huh? The Serena Deeb match was the kickoff show, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's why I thought I'd mention it, even though that we didn't watch it, but mostly because it didn't come on the uh, the pay-per-view itself. But from what I heard, that it was actually a pretty good match for Serena Deep, so maybe we should check it out one of these days or something. But uh, what's it called? Yeah, Serena Deep, of course, won, but then they did like a stare-down with... Uh, Thunder Rosa, I guess, because they're going to be do- building up that feud. Oh, they did bring her in WWE. Yeah. <laughs> well, they were talking about rumors that Thunder Rosa was going to go to WWE, and that's why she dropped the title. It seems like every time, whenever somebody drops a title now, they automatically think that they're going to another promotion or something. So, that's probably a good uh, thought. <laughs> yeah. But supposedly, they. Uh, from what she says, I think they said that uh, she's still under contract with NWA at the moment. So it's okay. not surprising at all. But by far, one of my favorite matches on the card, I definitely think Kenny Omega versus Hangman 
was definitely what it should have been anyway. I mean, I wish that Hangman would have won, but like I could tell from a narrative standpoint why they would have Kenny win. And it's not like he didn't whoop the shit out of him too. <laughs> like they were fighting constantly the whole match. And I liked how like he was still fighting even whenever he was putting him in the one wing angel. And then they even like uh didn't let Paige pull off his buckshot lariat. <laughs> so it kind of let it open for like another match down the road or something. Yeah. Um, I was shocked at that, but again, you know, cause I was telling you, I'm not a huge fan of Kenny Omega's anyways. I know a lot of people are, but I'm just not, I, um, I, I can't even explain why. I mean, um, Really, I think it's mostly his promo style, really. Because, I mean, to me, like, uh, the main thing about certain wrestlers that I like is when they do legit moves. Like, they keep it safe for the other people, really. Like, the V-trigger or whatever. I like the V-trigger. Especially the way that it looks super stiff, but well, obviously... they watched a couple of moves in this match. If I remember, oh, yeah. Because right? that yeah. one where it looked like he slipped, even though he sold it pretty good. Um, oh, yeah. Like when... It, yeah. Like he slipped or something? I don't know. It looked like he slipped in the corner. Um, yeah, he definitely did. And then... Oh, yeah, that's what it was. He was doing the move that uh, Mr. Kennedy used to do. Where it's like, I think he called it the Green Packer Plunge or some shit. Where it's just like doing a uh, Death Valley Driver, but then you do it forward instead of sideways. Hmm. But he usually always does that move and then leads into the moonsault afterwards. But this time he slipped. <laughs> like in the meantime. Yeah. I liked what, how he sold it like he, he still sold there it and he still did the moonsault or tried yeah. to afterwards, if I remember right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that was the one major noticeable one in the match, but so I liked it for what it was. I mean, I definitely didn't think that it was a bad match, but a lot of these matches I actually enjoyed anyway. <laughs> I didn't care for the, well, it was longer. Than, I was surprised by the the woman's match, uh, Shirai, uh Oh, Shariah, or no. Her, Shida and Nyla Rose. Sheeta and Nyla Rose, yeah. I, yeah. I always want to call her Io Shirai for some reason. And <laughs> I know well, it's I mean, Hikaru Shida, but for some, I don't know, maybe it's just the fact that the names are, I don't know. Anyways, but yeah, it's... Maybe it's because they look kind of similar. I was shocked, and actually, I, you know, I was shocked by how that match went where Shida won, but I was more surprised at the aftermath. When Vicky oh, yeah. slapped Nyla Rose and she didn't do anything back to her. I thought that was. Yeah, that was super weird. Made her look kind of weak. Uh, and you would think her being the native beast and all that, that they wouldn't be, you know. Yeah, like, uh, I'm, I don't know. It seems like because they just put them together. So, like, it seems to me that a lot of AAW stuff is like. If they could tell that it's not working, they usually kind of scrap it kind of early, mm-hmm. which is a good thing, but yet bad thing too. 
It's like, especially with Nyla Rose, it seems like they were trying to do something with her. And then, like, even that match, totally. It's just, like, they didn't even build up for it at all. They, like, did, like, one weekend where she was like, oh, I only go for title matches. So this is the reason why uh, I'm going in this match. Not like they could have just, like, done a four-women's tournament or something to for her to win or something so i it definitely makes sense to me when i hear that people are saying that the women's division is lacking in the promotion and that's the reason why it's because it looks like they don't put as much time and energy into the women's uh stuff than the men do but i don't know if that's like a brandy Rhodes thing if brandy is setting up that Story, storytelling or Tony Khan is or whoever you know because I don't I think they all like are like executive producers and stuff like that so they get to add some stuff into the storylines per se probably like but they probably stick to certain uh, things to go or go into the match or whatever or go into the whole uh story aspect of it and I think that's what made the match probably the weakest for me out of all these matches because I would have thought that the Orange Cassidy versus uh, John Silver match was going to be a quick one yeah and that, that really long out. actually yeah and that and dude's like I'm, a little, little little dude but he's like stocky um, yeah <laughs> I don't know you definitely don't expect it no uh-uh. <laughs> but uh yeah like i definitely think like uh who was it saying i don't think it was taz i think it was jr that was saying that john silver's gonna be huge later on and i'm like i could see that i mean like with what he was doing in the match where he was just well, he kind of reminds me of daniel Bryan. that's who he reminds me yeah yeah and he's got that sense of humor. If you, anybody watches Being the Elite, most of the shit that they do on there is actually pretty funny. Like, especially his stuff with Dark Order and stuff. Like, they were talking about that they were thinking that if essentially John Silver will try to, like, take over the Dark Order from Brody Lee. That's what Steven Larson was saying. And I was like, I don't think that that's what's going to happen. Yeah, I but, like, that. I mean, it could be possible. But, like, he was just saying, like, at one point, they were, uh, it was making sense to me because they were like, because in the being the elite sketches, it's like Brody uh, kept going after John Silver. Like, he's like, fucking John Silver. Like, a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And then, essentially, he would do it to the other guy that was lower on the totem pole, which was number five, Alan Angels. Hmm. Where he was... And he's just a goofy dude. Like, at one point, he wears a wig because everybody was making fun of him because he was bald. Hmm. <laughs> so, he's like, look at my hair. Like, it's just ridiculous, anyway. The, the whole skits that they do on being the lead is just completely dumb. But, uh, yeah, I was just surprised that they actually did as much as they did in this match. It seemed like they gave it a lot longer time than they did the Hikaru Shida and uh, Nala Rose. Yeah, that match. match did, well, that match went on for a while, too. But, um, yeah, it did seem like 
It did. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, definitely. I thought that, that was cool. And then I don't know. Yeah, it's very hard. And like AEW, a lot of the times reminds me of NXT, where it's very hard to say like what a bad match is, or that they have bad matches on there because it's like most of the NXT takeovers, I never really find a bad match that I'm watching. Now, Lee's favorite. Is like a thing, but like I've never like hated a match, but uh, definitely one of the best matches was Cody Rhodes versus Darby Allen, though. Oh, yeah, by far, definitely that was, for that sure. was my favorite of the night, and again, that's probably because I'm a, I'm a Darby Allen fan, you know, like he's one of my favorites out of all wrestling right now, for some, you know, and I think it's because, well, and it's not because he's jeff hardy because i wasn't a huge fan of jeff hardy either but i just think his overall wrestling is just oh nice yeah you watch. could tell that he yeah you could tell that his like stuff is taking inspiration from him in a way but like uh what's it called they were trying to do the face of nxt or tnt i mean like where he was talking about that he wanted to be the face, and f- at least they gave him the title. I as soon as I saw on Dynamite beforehand when Cody uh, Rhodes now knowing that they got rid of the trademark, he went for his actual name now. But uh, what's it called when they were talking about it, and he was saying that how he had to be in a match with Darby Allen to sell the the. TV company on or Tony Khan or whoever he had to talk to about selling Darby Allen to be somebody on their roster. Mm-hmm. So, like, once he was saying that, and then he was like, You proved everybody wrong, this and that. Like, you know, they were saying like a bunch of stuff. And then essentially, when he did that, then I was just like, Okay, so that me- definitely means that I think he's going to get the title. At one point, at least. And then they were talking about, like, he's lost to me a couple of times. He ain't going to beat me again. That type of thing. Like, I knew that they were going to drop it on him. Or at least I was hoping that they would anyway. Because this is his first singles title, I think. I I think actually first title period for him since he's been in AEW. Yeah, I mean, mean, it makes sense. For Darby Allen, yeah. Yeah, and now it just seems like he's going to do matches with Ricky Starks and Brian Cage, it looks like. Or at least Ricky Starks. I think probably um, probably they're going to be leading into, like, both of them going against Darby Allen at one point. Or, like, Will Hobbs came out and rescued him at one point, trying to, like, break his arm yeah, they started after that. he won. They started that, um... What do you call it? Um, Are you talking about a few? Yeah, they started that with Will Hobbs and Darby Allen and all that stuff like three or four weeks ago. They kind of started that when Will Hobbs was, well, they were trying to get Will Hobbs to join Taz's team. Then Darby Allen kept coming out and saving him. So they've kind of alluded to something between all of them. Yeah, like, so it makes sense if they would end up doing that. Like, he would protect him or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, 
that's mostly why I think that it's going to be. Uh, I, I definitely think that I like the way that they're going, especially hopefully they do like where Darby Allen defends it every single week, like they did with Cody. I think that could help him in the long run. And then, like, especially with Ricky Starks, when we saw that one match where they did the did the one match from uh, two or three weeks ago, like where you could tell that they could pretty uh, do a pretty good match on on top of it. But definitely, definitely one of the best matches of the night, though. Especially how Darby. Oh, easily! I love the coffin drop. Yeah, I just I definitely do too. <laughs> I mean, we talk Mostly about the because... coup de gras, right? But I think that ma- that move because there's so much on the actual guy to do it right. I think the coup de gras has it too. Where I don't know how uh, honestly Finn Balor or anybody else that does the the move, but how he does it without hurting the dude that he's doing it because he's literally or breaking his ankles yeah. or some well, shit too yeah but he does it right on their chest i mean so it's like you know i don't know how he i remember as kids you know we'd jump on somebody and we could like make our weight disperse to where it wouldn't land on somebody but it still seems like you would still put some type of pressure down on somebody when yeah. you're doing that move. And you don't ever see the wrestler like protecting their chest either when when he does the move. You know, certain moves you see mm-hmm. they'll do some kind of where they lay their arms a certain way to take more of an impact, but I never see when he does that move that the wrestler does anything. <laughs> yeah. And the main thing is he's gotta put a lot of trust in the guy that he's jumping at. And he's got to make sure that he's jumping the right amount. Well, yeah, that's what I'm saying with Darby's. Darby's is like that. I don't, you know, his his is more the guy he's jumping on has to be positioned right because there's no way falling backwards that you can drop your weight like you can with the, I think you can with the coup de gras with your feet. Yeah. Um going backwards and landing on your back, you can't really, like, stop your gravity from... But, you know, he's a little guy, so that might be part of it, too, and that he doesn't really weigh very much. So... Yeah. So him landing on somebody really... Yeah, because if you ended up seeing somebody like fucking Brian Cage or, like... (laughs) Or, like, uh, like Eddie Kingston doing the moves, they're gonna be like, fucking shit, this is gonna hurt. But, uh, yeah, definitely... uh, um, Yeah, of course, they ended up doing the beatdown where Taz was gonna come out. I figured this was gonna happen for this match, knowing that they've been building Starks or Team Taz going against Darby Allen and Will Hobbs, really. Because you could already tell that they weren't going to have Will Hobbs going with them unless they're going to be doing that where Darby Allen gets uh, beat up by Will Hobbs later on down the line, Mm -hmm. right? Because I could see that happening, like where he'll betray him and make him lose the title, and then it would be like, blah, 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 because uh, I always had to help you all the damn time. So, like, I'm tired of helping you, so blah, blah, blah. Whatever, the typical storyline. But uh, yeah, 
Um, and then, of course, we already kind of talked about the Hurricane Sheeta versus Nyla Rose match, which it was pretty. It, it was good. It could have been better, though, to me. Like, uh, I don't know. If they would have probably built it up more, then yeah, it would have probably been a lot better. Like, if they and gave it enough time that they did the, for the Young Bucks, fucking shit. They gave that shit, like, I don't know, five years of buildup. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were talking about that before the pay-per-view was that um, it had been a while. Yeah. And then I found out from, uh, I was just watching Being the Elite, where he was talking about his injury. And turns out that it was his, whatever, the back part of it, I think it's the ACL. The back of the mm-hmm. knee one. Uh, but he was saying that there's a tear in there. And they said that um, pretty much it seems like he doesn't need it. Like he probably just has to take it easy on it. But they're trying not to have to do surgery mm-hmm. on it. But then they noticed the other injury that he was talking about. That it could have been a longer time. Like he tore it like a long time ago. So they were just saying, oh, yeah, I think you might have tore this a long time ago because they saw, like, thinning in a different spot. So it was like, oh, well, it could have been a long time ago. (laughs) So I was like, oh, okay, so it's not nearly as bad. And he also said, like, he was medically cleared before he went and went to do the match and all that stuff. So it makes sense. I'm sure that the, the main thing was, like, the leg bit, which they definitely did in this match, though. Holy shit. Talking about, like, really doing a t- old tag team wrestling match. Like, and Jim Cornette cannot fucking uh, hate on this match, or he shouldn't at least. I'm sure he probably will. He'll just be like, oh, yeah, flippy shit wrestling, you know? Young like, yeah, match. That match was long, too. It was almost 30 minutes. Which I had a feeling they were going to do it for a while anyway. Because the way that they were booking it, they were booking it like, oh, yeah, dream match for the ages and this and that. I definitely don't think that they needed to say, like, if we didn't win the titles, then we were going to stop doing the titles altogether, Mm -hmm. you know? It was funny on being the elite though, like they were talking about it, and he's like, he was like, "Why would you say that?" And like Nick was talking to Matt, and he's like, "Why would you say that? We well, built I this company it. up. We're like tag team champions on all this shit. Why would you say that we're gonna just give up the tag team titles?" And he's like, "Hey, dude, check this out." And like, I already have a side plan for that. And then it showed like a picture where it's like the tag team championships. But with young bucks and kind of st- the stringy bits off of their get up, like the same one that they did uh, when they came out, like uh, having those at the edge of the titles, like they were just going to make new titles and then they were going to be t- tag team champions with them belts. And I was like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> that makes total sense then. But uh, that's one thing that I like about the being the elite stuff with AEW. It's that they kind of, like, fill in stuff, too. Like, they'll do stuff on AEW, and then they'll do in being the elite where they It's like the Matt Seidel thing, where, like, he did the botch where he, like, slipped and fell. 
And then, like, uh, that next week, they showed, like, Michael Nakazawa was mad because he wasn't in the Battle Royal. So he came out and put his Turkish oil on the fucking uh, turnbuckle that he slipped on. It's like, okay, at least you know that it's a botch and you know that it, it messed up. But at least you're trying to do in canon something that explains it. So, I mean, they do that a lot on being the elite. But uh, definitely the, I definitely could say that this is probably, because I was telling you when we were watching it, that felt like it wasn't like the Young Bucks were wrestling their match. They were totally wrestling the FTR match. Because there was not a bunch of, I mean, sure that they did a lot yeah, of their of typical tag moves in one. it. That may have been due yeah, to Matt's was... knee, too, though. Well, yeah, it could have been that way. But also, at the same time, it's like most of the moves that they were doing that was flippy shit was mostly their signature moves that they do every match, just about. So, uh, what's it called? That's why I was surprised, because it was like 30 minutes long or whatever, and they were doing straight damn tag team moves. It was like they were wrestling an FTR match, and even then, at the end, which uh, eventually costed them, was uh, FTR, uh, I think it was Cash Wheeler, right? I think it's the one that had the jaw messed up. I think it was uh, Cash was Wheeler. Cash, which one was Dash Wilder? Uh, yeah, Dash Wilder, yeah. I think that was Cash yeah. Wheeler. Whoever that was, Dash Wilder was the one. I don't know which one was. Yeah, that's why I hate when they switch names and shit like that and trying to keep up. Like, it's like that's why I hate WWE always having to have their own names, especially for some reason with the FTR guys. I can never fucking remember that. Remember, was like, Scott which Austin one is, the, is I which. think Scott Dash Wilder's the other one. I thought Cash Wheel, yeah, Dash Wilder is the other one, yeah. And then uh, Scott Dawson was the bald guy because we were trying to figure out his name. I was like, fuck, I can't remember his name. But yeah, even well, I when always they had were, a confusing like, doing it where it, WWE because I thought Dash Walter was the bald guy. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, see, I'm like, I don't know why it's with the revival. Maybe it's because I like. Who recognize them more of a team than their fucking actual like names names. But uh what's it called? Anyway, this match was fucking awesome anyway. They ended up doing like all sorts of stuff. They were wrestling like an FTR match for like the bulk of it. And even FTR did a springboard uh like it looked like he was trying to do a springboard four fifty but missed. And I was like, holy shit. Like, I'm surprised that he actually was able to do that properly. Mostly because you would never see him do that shit. <laughs> but it's kind of funny how, like, the whole match, they were working on the hand. Like, yeah, and uh, certain people that I was listening to also made sense, too, was, like, how they were working on Matt's knee and know that they do sip or super kicks all the time. It made sense. And then also, at the same time, when Cash ended up hurting his hand, or yeah, or hold on, uh, the bald dude, Scott Dawson's character, uh, name, but uh, he cut, yeah, Dax Hardwood, <laughs> man, fucking hell, but uh, but uh, 
like once he cut his hand open from whatever happened, and then they taped that up in the match. So they, it looked like they just made that up on the fly, and then they just like kept on picking at it throughout the whole thing. So I think it just added to the drama of the match. But definitely, I liked how everything happened, and then they, uh, I forgot how he beat him though. Um, it was that, and then he, oh yeah. I forgot he did hit him with a super kick and then they won the match. I liked how they did the V trigger move too. Like, uh, I forgot what they called it. The elite trigger, I think. They did the heart attack. What, huh? Well, they, uh, Scott, Do- or yeah, uh, FTR does like a lot of old school moves. Like now they started using the Scott, a spike pile driver. But they were doing the heart attack, and they were doing, what's it called? I think it was the Diamond Bulldog from the Steiners, I think, too. Uh, but they were pretty much doing, like, all them tag team moves. And then even uh, the Young Bucks did the stuff from the Hardys. And I don't think that, I can't remember if they did another one for, like, another tag team. They, I'm sure that they probably did. I just di- didn't catch it. Like, right at the time. So, it was cool. Just, like, I'm definitely intrigued if they do another match with this. Like, if they try to go for the titles again. And then see see about what happens. Facing each other again. I'd be surprised if they don't. Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I would be surprised. Um, Like, I just don't know when. It will probably be the next pay-per-view. I think they were talking about Revolution as the next one in, like, February or something. I think that's when they said that it was. But uh, what's it called? And then they were talking. I think at one of the commercials or one of the commercials they were talking about the next game that they were going to be doing or, like, whatever it is. We're doing this on Monday, so we're a little bit behind. But uh, supposedly tomorrow they're going to be talking about an AEW game and something else. But uh, I, I think that was before this match, or like in the b- between. But it could have happened anytime before the pay per view too. But then one of the goofiest matches, like uh, Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara. Which I had a feeling they were going to do some wacky shit, but it also actually brought back the. Uh, if you, if anybody watched the Matt Hardy thing that they did on WWE Network, where they did like a Matt Hardy Broken special or something, where like he brought a bunch of people on, like Hurricane Helms was in it and stuff like that. So pretty much they were just doing a typical like a deletion match where eventually they switch them into the lake of reincarnation and do all sorts of weird shit like fireworks and the drones and all sorts of shit. They kind of did it differently or like at one point where they didn't throw Sammy Guevara into the lake of reincarnation, which is his lake, the, the shit that eventually hurricane Helms went into. But, it was funny because at one point they were like, oh, oh yeah. And then because supposedly in that special, there was a hooded character that took Hurricane Helms and said, you're not going to get him back. And this was a couple years ago, I guess. 
So then when they did this match, they did the hooded figure, and then it turned out to be Gangrel. <laughs> so then they were like, oh, you finally brought me back? At one point, he was like, yeah, it took me two years to pa- finally pay this shit off. And then it looks at the camera and then, like, winks. <laughs> like, pretty much doing a dig at WWE, kind of. But, uh, so, yeah, that was kind of funny. But, like, uh, they even made fun of, uh, or not really made fun of, but made light of what happened in the all-out match where uh, Matt Hardy got concussed at the end. They kind of did the same thing, kind of, where uh, Sammy fell off the, after a swanton bomb, might might I add, threw a table for Matt. They threw, uh, Matt threw him, I think he speared him through two tables, and then it made it look like he cracked his head open on the concrete. And then eventually Matt Hardy, like, uh, jabbed him in the face with the chair, like the other one where, like, uh, Sammy Guevara was supposed to grab a gimmick's chair. That way it wouldn't hurt him so bad. And he grabbed the wrong one and flinged it at Matt Hardy, and it was like a legit chair shot to the face, so he cut open his face and everything. So they even did that, and then eventually, like, uh, Matt Hardy won, and then put him in the trash can, and sent him away with Senior Benjamin. So, yeah, like, definitely these video packages for this uh, Matt Hardy stuff is so weird. But, I mean, it makes sense with his character now. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. Definitely. Oh, yeah, it was kind of funny with Private Party and stuff. It made sense why they were there. Same with Santana Ortiz. <sighs> but, yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts? The Matt Hardy Jimmy? thing? It was just like the ones you'd seen previously. I think they're kind of goofy. Um but that's part of that character that he's got, that broken character kind of. So I thought it was just 20 minutes that, you know, um, it was 20 minutes. I mean, it didn't really. Yeah. I could have given yeah. or taken that match. Let's put it that way. I'm not a big fan of Sam. Yeah, Gamora, I think they were just. Uh, I mean. And like I was oh, telling really? you too, with uh, Matt Hardy, it seems like he's beyond his years. Like maybe he needs to like quit. Because I mean, I well, I mean, he is I mean, like during this match. It looked like he was game. barely able to move around. I mean, so you know, you would think with as much chair shots and moves that Jeff Hardy has taken, that he oh, would man. be worse. But I feel that Matt Hardy looks yeah. worse at this point than Jeff Hardy does. Yeah, sometimes I think that both of them are kind of like superhuman anyway. It's like, yeah, but, but Jeff I mean, Hardy yeah, even more so because that I think dude that's has one been on drugs Jeff and everything Hardy. else. And, you know, you could tell he's slower than he used to be, but not like Matt. Matt looks like he's 60 years old. It kind of reminds me when I saw. I don't know if you remember when we oh, went yeah. to WrestleMania and saw X-Pac walking around. Now he looks like he's 90 oh, years yeah. old walking around. Um, because... 
Well, I think when we saw X Mark too, that was like right after he heard his name too. Well, <laughs> so of we course saw him walking around like that, the Hall of Fame or whatever. He was kind of still walking that way, so I don't know if you know. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, he used to do a lot of leg drops and shit too. So I mean, well, that's I think what I'm saying. That's you get to a point where. When you do a lot of live drops, it you, get, you get to a point back. where you almost have to stop wrestling. I mean, I think I think that's mostly why Matt Hardy's doing these deletion videos, where it's like more like brawls and goofy shit. Well, yeah, so he doesn't have to wrestle as that much way. Man. Mostly, pers- yeah, so he doesn't have to do like a, a run the ring and do all this yeah. shit like all the time. Especially after how he yeah, felt like it all out. It's yeah. just sad to see so, sometimes I mean, when you see guys know. that are moving around like they're in their seventies sometimes. You know, it's like Oh yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, people are talking about like uh Undertaker retiring and shit and I'm just like or like where they're talking about that he possibly might come back. No, like, I think he's done. I, I mean, this Survivor Series, they're calling it the final farewell. I think this is his swan song. Yeah. Well, I was just saying what they were saying. the same day I think he's doing, a, I think afterwards, he's show. doing Broken Skull Sessions with Stone Cold. So, mm. yeah. So I think oh, another one? Um, I think he's done after that day. Which it makes sense. That's the if he was to end it anywhere, it should have been at Survivor Series anyway, because that's where he started. So yeah, it, it's fitting to go thirty years after the his start to end it now. Yeah, that is true. And yeah, I know that he's the strong. Uh, if anybody was, it's like probably his two main guys that he like ever cultivated on his own was probably him and Austin. I mean, mostly you could say that about Hogan too, but also at the same time, I don't know. Like, I, I, like I don't know who came up with the name Hulk Hogan and shit. It wasn't like that before, but that's just me overthinking it. But yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, he doesn't do a lot. I'm like, hopefully, they just do stuff with a uh, private party where he tries to help them. I think really the Sammy Guevara thing was just trying to help him get over. Oh, I don't like disagree with what they're shit. trying to do. What I'm saying is, is um, it's yeah. hard to, you know, when you, when those guys get older, same thing as with Undertaker. I think he's, that was a good match when we watched it, you know, with the cinematic with uh, AJ Styles. But oh, the cinematics match, are different yeah. than watching them live in the ring. The dude doesn't walk well anymore, even with the surgeries. He's a lot better than he was, but you could tell yeah. he's older now. And how stiff he yeah. actually moves. And I agree. This gets to a point where they just need to stop wrestling. Uh, it's And it's not like that dude needs the money. Yeah, I think he does it more to help Vince when Vince asks him to come out. He shows up, yeah, because he wouldn't have a yeah. life without Vince. He said that multiple times. Like, yeah, I like think he said if that. If it wasn't for yeah. Vince, he wouldn't be the Undertaker, right? So, um, I, it makes sense to me. The loyalty's got to be there. Um, but at the same time, yeah. you get to a point when you're up in age where it's like, uh, I think I'm done. 
Yeah, it's like this whole uh, the next match, right? Where it just seems like they are trying to help the young guys where like Chris Jericho was going against MJF where um, if he won, he would be in the inner circle. I didn't like it. I liked how they kind of did the rave or the Ray Eddie move, whatever. Or oh, where, yeah, at the move. end again, they copied even though freaking, a lot of people uh, are doing it. Ray Mysterio, now, but... or uh, not Ray Mysterio, Ricochet, doing it on WWE. Yeah, it made sense why MJF won and shit too, but like also at the same time, it's like uh, I'm just imagining if they're trying to have MJF go and like try to take over the inner circle from. From that's Jericho. the only thing I can see happening right point, now because he's, yeah, I don't see it, or just cause inner strife in the inner circle with everybody else because everybody else didn't want him in it, you know. So, yeah, and the but like really at the end of the day, Chris Jericho is like the leader. Oh, I of get the it. Group, yeah. So it makes and sense. Chris Jericho like, just needs to put yeah. down the donuts or whatever the hell he's eating. <laughs> I know it was funny. Like I just saw something on Twitter where he's, uh, I guess his birthday was today uh-huh. or yesterday or something, where like he was just like not bad for fifty. And I noticed like he was flexing in the thing, and he still had a couple of abs. But I was still thinking about what you said, where you're like, "Damn, he looks like he's gotten fatter." I'm like, it's probably because he ain't doing nearly well, as much. Not, I'm not like the, I can't say anything because he's in better now. shape than me, but. When you saw him not even, yeah. what, two years ago in WWE, and he's blimped up quite considerably in that shorter time frame? I mean... It... <laughs> well, yeah. I think the main thing is, like, he, he probably doesn't have to train as much now than he used to. Like, from what he says, he does a lot of DDP yoga, and that's what helps him stay in shape and stuff for the ring and everything. But, uh... I guess it doesn't really matter to me. It was just funny. To me, it just looks like age, right? Yeah, to me, it just looks like age getting up to him, really. But, I mean, that that is how it is. I mean, I think your body slows down at one point. But still, uh, I mean, this is probably... Probably the Hikaru Shida match was probably my least favorite one, and this is probably yeah. second least favorite. Even yeah, though see, I, I like MJF, but I don't but think you're really supposed to like, like I MJF. I just knew how <laughs> everything. Like I was telling, you know, he's yeah. probably doing his job if you don't like him because I don't think you're really supposed to. Um. So, yeah. From that perspective, I think he's doing good because uh, I really can't stand the guy. Um. Yeah, yeah, because he's a douche. Uh, especially like, there's not that many people that will see. He's like to me the Seth Rollins of AEW. The crowd. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, the only difference is is that MJF doesn't really do like high what I mean is the personality. But, yeah, I, see, well, I see your point. It's the same. Yeah, like, I'm. All my, I'm the best. You know, crap. Even though I'm really not. Yeah, yeah. But I tell you, what I really like sense. in this, but like uh, Brand versus his old one is Moxley. 
Uh, the way he is. Uh, oh yeah. I was the just way he is in AEW is how WWE should have booked him. Yeah, like what's it called? The uh, my main thing with this match is like, it's. I wonder if John Moxley was telling Eddie Kingston, he's like, dude, I want you to match at the pay per view for the title. Like you're gonna lose, but like we're gonna drastically up your stock when it comes to shit, because like the promo that he did on the dynamite before this was so good because they were talking about like they couldn't touch each other before the match because if they did then they wouldn't be able to wrestle each other yeah. like the match would be off right so Eddie Kingston is just like straight out telling him I'm gonna beat the shit out of you I'm gonna do this blah 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 I'm gonna take that title from you and then at one point he started like you could tell that they just winged it in the ring because and Kingston kept on it uh, biting back even when uh, Mox is trying to do his promo you could tell that he was just like you know what you motherfucker and the, uh, but like he was sitting there and talking about like how his mom like uh, like how he promised his mom that he would take care of him and then he was like yeah and then I did go somewhere else and I left you high and dry and this and that and then he's like, I was doing it to protect you or whatever. And then at one point, he's like, dude, you're, uh, this might work for anybody else, but doing it against me is not going to fucking work. And that whole part where he sits there and he was like, uh, you're just going to realize that you just aren't going to win and shit. Like the very end of his promo, it just felt like, you could feel the passion in his voice like he didn't he regretted having to say it or like that he doesn't want to fucking do it but also at the same time he knows what he has to do to beat him that's mostly what i enjoyed out of like this whole thing and like hopefully do they do something later on too like they keep it going a little bit is because like they and they work extremely well together, like in and out of the ring, like with their promos and everything else. They you could tell like it was just like Eddie Kingston was mad because he uh, he left him to keep doing what he was doing to go to WWE and make a shit ton of money, and didn't bring him without him, so or like didn't bring him with him and stuff like that. So then he took it out on him. And then Moxley was just like, you're just not good enough, really, essentially. And then he was like, hey, I'm going to prove to you that you're not good enough. <clears throat> so that's why I think that and like this was the best fueled card match that they had was that it was showing like how much vitriol and hate somebody had for like for each other. And then also how much it was hurting Mox mm-hmm. to actually beat him up, <laughs> essentially. Yeah, like because this match was awesome, and I was surprised that they actually made him quit. But, I mean, it took him a while for them to get to there. Like, at one point, he put him in the bulldog choke with the barbed wire across his face, and then he finally quit. And it, it was cool with his... Uh, 
the referee that was doing it where he brought him in at one point and he was like, dude, did you say hear me say I quit? Did you do this? And then he was like, well, I had to make the decision for your life to like if, if uh, I had to make the choice if I couldn't see you like put yourself through more stuff. So I called the match and and so, like, it was cool knowing that he was there, too. And it's like, just say it. Just say it. And then eventually he said, I quit. I thought that was cool. <clears throat> so, yeah, de- definitely cool, though. Uh, uh, I would think pro- probably one of the better matches. It seemed like it was slow, like, less time on this match than it was on It was on barely. It was like matches, 17 though. minutes. It wasn't too much shorter than the rest of them. Yeah, but, like, I'm surprised knowing that it was a main event match with all the shit that they did, like, thumbtacks and all sorts of shit. Dude, I was surprised how, like, the fucking rubbing alcohol part Mm -hmm. where he puts them in the tax or whatever, and then he put the rubbing alcohol on them. I'm sure that fucking hurt like a bitch. (laughs) Well, not only that, I mean, when you're doing those matches, I can guarantee you get probably... Like rope burn from the the ropes as you're hitting them, and the alcohol will oh, probably yeah. make it sting a little bit too. I mean, that's just a guess, but I would think that it would. Yeah, that's what I would think too. That's mostly why I was like, "Fucking some bitch," but I mean, like, I just loved, especially at the the beginning of the match where like. Eddie Kingston's just like, I'm gonna fuck you up. <laughs> I liked how he was saying that, where they didn't even try to believe it. They're just like, yeah, just let it go. It's pay per view. <laughs> and that's one thing I like about them is knowing that they're just like letting them be who they are and letting them say like certain curse words and shit. But yeah, definitely the best. Uh, not the best, but uh, probably like second or third best, really, for this whole show. So, I mean, like, I definitely thought that it was like one of the best shows that I've seen. I'm like, this is the first pay per view that I've seen from AEW, except for All In. I think that was the last one that I actually legit watched. And uh, they do solid pay per views, solid TV shows. So, I'm intrigued with where they go to now. Yeah. So I guess for that, I guess we will wrap this shit up. So if you guys want to end up, uh, if you guys enjoy any of the shit that we do, we end up having a website uh, that's called Hardy, the Heart of Geek.com. We have socials that go to like uh, everything for it, where it's called The Heart of Geek. The only thing that's not is our Twitch channel. And that's just that heart of geek. And uh, I'm get, uh, I don't know what's coming up soon. I think yeah, November Survivor Series is probably so what, like in know, a couple of weeks or something. Wrestling podcast will be our AEW oh, one yeah, later so that's this week, be... right? And then uh, yeah, uh, our, assume, uh, horror yeah. podcast on Friday or on this weekend coming up. Yep, Friday or Saturday or something. Yeah. Yeah, so and then I think we're going to be doing something with the Sapphire Gregor uh, on one of them days too, but I don't know for sure. Uh, 
I would have to talk to Joe. But uh, what's it called? For all of us at the Heart of Geek channel, me and Jeremy, uh, I guess we will talk to you in the next podcast.